Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America. Happy New Year. Yes, Monday, January 1st, 2024. That's right. Flip your calendars. Get ready for a new year. And it's election year. Less than two weeks. We'll have voting going on. Amanda and I put together a very important show on what the polls are showing and what the main issues are, what the electorate is thinking about heading into the new year with the Iowa caucuses, New Hampshire primary, South Carolina primary, right around the corner. I hope you enjoy this very important conversation. Some of the brightest minds in all of politics joining us for the next hour. This is something we did for the TV show. We've adapted it for the podcast. I hope you enjoy the next hour of conversation. Yes, it's 2024. It's an election year. Buckle your seatbelt. Enjoy the next hour. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. 
Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Happy New Year. Welcome to the first Monday of 2024. Last year ended with a bang as House Republicans voted to officially open an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden under Speaker Mike Johnson. The Republican caucus was also able to vote overwhelmingly to pass a resolution to condemn anti-Semitism on university campuses. And why we still have another week before the House and Senate are slated to come back to Washington, there are many more policy fights and political battles to be waged as of today. Uh, it marks the first day of another presidential election year. That's right. Just in a couple of weeks, voters will be casting uh, ballots in Iowa, then New Hampshire, and the uh, presidential season will be in full throes already. It's time to bring in my amazing co-host, Amanda Head, who, who joins us from Los Angeles, California. Amanda, glad to see that a bear didn't get you in Canada. Nevertheless, Happy New Year. What's on your radar? <laughs> A bear or a moose. Happy a moose, New Year, yeah. John, and to all of you out there. Uh, I'm glad to see that you survived another crazy weekend living just outside of D.C., that major city that often rages in festivities, to bring in a new year. And as you know, John, I love to turn any conversation political. So why not kick off the new year in that fashion? Now, while everyone spends much of the last spent much of the last month and then just last night counting down the days or seconds until Christmas or the new year, I have been counting down the days until our first few presidential contests play out. And for anyone who isn't counting or lost track of the days over the holidays, here is your public service announcement. In just 14 days, Iowa will hold their Republican presidential caucuses. Meanwhile, in the Northeast, the live free or die state of New Hampshire will host their primaries in 22 days. And then Nevadans will gather to caucus in just over a month and South Carolina follows later that month on February 24th. Now, as we get older, I feel like time already goes by so fast, but I'm sure in the blink of an eye, we're going to be upon Super Tuesday and we're not even going to realize it. And John, one thing that I have observed, just like many others, is that the more and more legal uh, trouble liberals try to put former President Donald Trump through, including his chief political opponent, who is currently occupying the White House right now, the stronger his poll numbers yeah. get. I uh, saw that the other week. There was a poll where the 2024 frontrunner Donald Trump has surpassed 50 percent of likely Iowa caucus goers, which is his largest recorded lead. And even with former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley gaining steam and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis falling far behind, this type of polling is of what you would see a popular incumbent would earn during a successful four-year term in office. But, John, you've reported on the history over the years, including the Trump era. So what takeaways do you have to share with us on this New Year's Day? Well, man, I think you're right. There's a dynamic going into this 2024 election I haven't seen in my entire time covering elections. My first election I covered was 1984 with Ronald Reagan. Uh, there is a clear longing to go back to the way things were back in 2019. It is one of those elections where people just don't feel better off since Joe Joe Biden took over, and it is playing out in every possible measure of the economy, mm -hmm. of our uh, standing on the world stage. And I think uh, the longing for the way things used to be in 2019 has become really, really strong. And I think the second factor is Donald Trump has a sympathy factor, something he doesn't normally create for himself. He doesn't like to be sympathetic. He likes to be tough. But all of these yeah. illegal attacks have made people realize, hey, there's an unfair thumb on the scale here. And I think those two dynamics are creating 
an extraordinary momentum for the 45th president heading into the um, uh, first elections. Now, we've got the perfect first guest to help us explain what's going on, what Donald Trump himself is thinking, and what the poll numbers may mean for the next few months. Joining us is one of the great pollsters in all of America, John McLaughlin. He serves as CEO and partner of McLaughlin Associates. And of course, he advises President Trump. He joins us right now. Uh, John, great to have you on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So this is a remarkable uh, dynamic. A president left for dead after the uh, 2020 election, uh, impeachments and criminal cases, and he is stronger than ever, more vibrant than ever, and there seems to be this longing in the American electorate to get back to the Trump years. What's, what's going on in the polling numbers? Well, the, the big number is Joe Biden's failed. And I take a longer-term view of this, because I've worked for the president for a number of years, for President Trump. And, uh, you know, after after he left office, I met with him in Mar-a-Lago. We had some polling numbers. And uh, it was in early February, and it's reported in Woodward's book or whatever, but they got the dates wrong. But two-thirds of the Republican primary voters wanted him to run again back then. Wow. And I reminded him of Ronald Reagan. For those of us who volunteered for Reagan in 76, uh, you know, there was buyer's remorse that we didn't get the nomination. And then by the time Jimmy Carter had failed in 1980, Reagan won in a landslide. Well, I, back then I told President Trump in 21, I said, let's uh, see what happens. Biden's going to fail. And when he fails, people will want you back. I, I didn't think Biden would fail this gloriously the way he's done. I mean, the country's in real dire straits with inflation, uh, the economy, wars going on in Ukraine and the Middle East. And... Uh, the border's open. It's unbelievable. So 68% of all voters in our last national poll said the country's on the wrong track. Economy's getting worse. 65% say it's getting worse. 40, 84% have been negatively impacted by inflation. 46% they can't make ends meet. And you know what? President Trump is beating Joe Biden in virtually all the national polls for the popular vote. And, and Biden has tried to indict his leading political opponent, Donald Trump, <laughs> to keep us from winning again. So uh, uh, so with that kind of a dynamic, uh, Donald Trump has gone from being ahead in the national Republican primary, 42 to 31 in January, to destroying the field with 58% to like 11% to 8% against DeSantis and Nikki Haley, and then winning in Iowa, winning in New Hampshire, winning in South Carolina, which is Nikki Haley's home state. Right. I mean, the voters want Donald <clears throat> Trump to be president again. They want things to get better. Yeah, it's an amazing yeah, dynamic. It's, it's been incredible to see. And, you know, I remember in 2020, Joe Biden was practically non-existent from his campaign. But after he was declared the winner, a lot of people said, well, it wasn't necessarily a vote for Joe Biden. It was the anti-Trump vote. And I feel like even though President Trump has a lot of accomplishments to run on in his first term in office, is there an element of his vote coming from possibly independence that is an anti-Biden vote? Uh, in fact, it's become... It's an anti-Biden vote that's now a pro-Trump vote. What's amazing is our national poll is modeled after the 2020 election. So there's four points more Biden voters than there are Trump voters. However, Trump's leading by six. So there actually is a Biden 2020 voter who's now a Trump 24 voter, plus new voters coming in that are younger, that are more diverse, that prefer Donald Trump. 
Donald Trump is getting 24% of the black vote. He's getting 49% of the Hispanic vote. He's winning younger voters. And so so Biden is losing support and Trump is gaining support because they're saying, hey, you know, Donald Trump did a pretty good job. And, and things, inflation was low. The economy was growing. The country was bouncing back out of COVID. None of our enemies in the world would challenge us. If they didn't respect us, they feared us. Um, and people want to see America strong again, like Donald Trump had. Donald Trump had left a good country after surviving a, a, a pandemic, and uh, you know challenges from all sorts of enemies. And uh, you know Americans want to feel safe and secure. They want to go back to peace and prosperity. Yeah. John, I took a trip up into uh, Western Virginia recently, and I had a fascinating conversation at the restaurant with some folks, uh, and it centered around this, and it shows you how perceptive voters are. Uh, one of the things that people said to me in the restaurant was the thing they are most excited about a Trump to uh, 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 tenure would be that he doesn't have to run for reelection. He can do exactly what he wants. He's completely unencumbered from the forces of politics, which means he can really disrupt Washington and get the job done like he promised uh, in 2016. That's an interesting dynamic. Do you pick that up in any of the polling that he's totally unencumbered from reelection things? He can just do what needs to be done, the people's business, without worrying about donors and uh, the political class. Well, it's interesting you mentioned it was it was far from Washington. It was outside. People from, I, it's unbelievable how disconnected Washington is with the people in the country. And I think they'd like the fact that President Trump listens to them and not the inside the Beltway group. So, uh, uh, you know, they want to send Washington a message that they've been exploited over the, you know, a lot of Americans are angry about the state of their country. They know that uh, their dollar and their salaries are worth less. They're paying more. Uh, you know, certainly gas is higher. But if they go to a supermarket, they're paying double what they did when Donald Trump was there. You know, a family food bill of two hundred dollars is now four hundred dollars. Yeah. So they'd like to. They'd like somebody who works for them and not for Washington. And the there's people and the working men and women of America want a president who works for them and not the special interests and not even the corruption that. You know, where you're seeing oligarchs were buying off Joe Biden and his family. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's a great point. John, uh, Joe Biden has very abysmal numbers regarding the economy, and that's across all demographics. But a few weeks ago, we had one of our network colleagues on here, uh, and he was in Chicago talking to folks in Chicago about border issues. And he spoke to a number of people in black communities, um, uh, communities that typically vote Democrat. And they said, we actually want Donald Trump to come here. We want to hear him. He doesn't typically come to these types of communities. Republicans, to be fair, they don't typically go to those communities because they don't get a lion's share of the vote. But President Trump, as you just cited, his numbers are skyrocketing in that arena. Do you think that President Trump should go into some of these inner cities and try to connect with those voters? I'm sure he will be. I mean, you know, like it, it, we saw we saw momentum after he went to East Palestine and they were ignored by Joe Biden. And uh, to go into, you know, to go into the cities. I mean, Donald Trump's very familiar. He's a he's somebody who grew up in Queens, New York and Attleboro. And he'd be more than happy to more than happy to go in. And he'll be campaigning with minority voters even when he was going to be arraigned and mugshot in, in Fulton County, Georgia. People in Georgia were lining up along his his uh, route to the courthouse, where they were cheering him on. They, and it was a very diverse crowd. It was it was uh, not the usual Trump supporters. So I think you're going to see uh, African Americans, Hispanics, 
working class voters, Asian voters, and I think they're they're rejecting the Democrat Party and they're coming around to Donald Trump will be the person who fights for them. Yeah, it really is clear in the polling data. You really see so much movement in so many different constituencies, including traditional Democrat constituencies. Joe Biden has another problem if he's going to try to put together a coalition beyond having the record low approval rate and the failure uh, failures and the feeling that we're just not in a good situation in the country. He may face three or four Democrats in the general election, right? You could have an RFK in there. You could have a Jill Stein in there. Uh, you could have um, other players no giving man. up the vote. He could have like a, a triple Ross Perot problem. Problem. How big a deal is that for Joe Biden right now? Um, we find that because Donald Trump has the most intense base of support, even right. when we put all those names in our national polls, Trump is still ahead yep. of Biden by several points. And, you know, these third party candidates, they usually fade, but RFK is still getting, you know, 10, eight points. But then you got Cornell West and you got Jill Stein and you got Joe Manchin. They definitely, they all draw from Joe Biden. They make a, a Donald Trump uh, electorate more secure, but uh, election more secure. So uh, particularly when you're seeing in the battleground states, Trump's leading Joe Biden in a lot of the states that uh, cast their electoral votes for Joe Biden last time, whether it's Arizona, Michigan, uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Uh, Donald Trump's ahead in those states now, and we're you're seeing a lot of polls where he's picking up in Nevada. So, uh, so, so right now, I wish the election was tomorrow, but it's not. And I think a lot of people <laughs> in America wish it was tomorrow, but it's not. But we've got to secure the nomination. We've got to win Iowa. We've got to win New Hampshire. Then we go on and win Nevada and, and uh, South Carolina, secure the nomination, and then we can continue our fight against Joe Biden. Yeah, it's a pretty clear pathway and uh, a lot of great work uh, for people like you and Susie Wiles, the team around the president really yeah, has built this success. It's been pretty amazing. John, great to have you with us. Happy New Year. We can't wait to see how the election turns out. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have one of the great journalists and podcast hosts of today. He'll be joining us. He's Lou Dobbs, and he'll be right after these messages. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you your 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick 
House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Welcome back, America. It is a new year, and more importantly, it is an election year, which is very exciting because come November, we are all going to have the opportunity to exercise our civic duty and cast a ballot for the man or woman we believe can politically represent us the best in Washington. And while we often uh, hear the saying, these elections are the most consequential of our lifetime, with all that we've learned about the Biden family and their corruption schemes, I'd say that that statement has never been more true than it is now. And before Hunter can make another quick buck off of his father's presidency, I want to bring in our next guest. He is the host of The Great America Show, and he is one of the most brilliant-minded journalists our nation has ever produced. He's our good friend, Lou Dobbs. Lou, Happy New Year to you. A belated Merry Christmas. Thank you for being here, sir. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. I'm in the spirit, so we can keep it going for months here in the New Year. (laughs) I love it. I I think we're going to need that cheerful attitude because, as I said, it is an election year, but we we are back at work. Congress is not, but Congress is going to have to get back and hit the ground running with respect to spending bills, with respect to impeachment inquiry. What do you expect them to tackle when they get back on day one? Well, I hope certainly that uh, chief amongst them is the impeachment inquiry. Because right now we are a a nation at risk. We're in terrible jeopardy because of the impaired and compromised puppet president that is Joe Biden. Uh, Nothing is more urgent than bringing to account uh, his regime, his administration and the policies that they pursued for three years now. And uh, each of those policies is deeply damaging to the nation, to the American people. And uh, it, the impeachment inquiry just simply has to move forward uh, as expeditiously as possible as they bring uh, charges against this this president. Uh, that's my view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think mm-hmm. a lot of Americans feel the exactly the same way, Lou. Another thing I want to stay on Congress just for a second, because you have been one of the most important sirens when it comes to the consequences of our national debt, the reckless spending, uh, now the interest rate and the debt service, which gobbles up a large part of our tax dollars. Um, Republicans ended the year with some unfinished business. They didn't get their spending bills done and they didn't reduce spending one bit from the Biden-Obama era. How 
how important is it that they come back in January and get a down payment on reducing uh, the national de deficit, the national debt? I have to say, and this may may surprise you, John, Amanda, I, I'm not sure that the down payment is as important as the way in which they proceed. Uh, they should be in regular order. They should be moving these appropriations bills forward individually, single subject bills, and they should do. Uh, I would love it if they could reduce the, the, the federal spending. I, I'm doubtful right now. I am not convinced that uh, Speaker Johnson is sufficiently conservative or sufficiently committed uh, to doing what is, uh, as you put it there, uh, you know, the right thing, which is to reduce federal spending. But we're not, I just don't believe we're going to see it. And I will settle for at least an organized and uh, informed uh, debate and amendments and uh, appropriations that uh, that move forward. I, I can't, I, even now, I can't believe that they didn't at least get that done uh, yeah. last year. Uh, it, this, mm -hmm. this, uh, this Congress is under immense pressure to prove themselves. Uh, this speaker right now is, in my opinion, he's done some in uh, some things that are great, including getting his conference to vote uh, unanimously on the impeachment inquiry. I, I think that was a major, major achievement. Uh, I, I on the others, uh, including slipping in the 702 section, uh, 702 of the FISA Act into a must uh, a must pass bill like uh, NDAA. Uh, I, I find that reprehensible, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Lou, I want to switch gears to President Trump. Uh, we are just a few weeks away from the Iowa caucus and then, of course, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, and then the list just keeps going from there into Super Tuesday. Uh, President Trump is going to have to make a major decision as far as who is on the ticket with him if he does become the nominee. Who are some of your favorite picks for that position? Well, I, you know, I don't know that I have a I, I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, I do think that his, on his short list, there are some very good names. Uh, certainly, uh, I, I think Carrie Lake and Byron Donalds are very good choices amongst the names that I've heard. Uh, I haven't talked to the president about it. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think uh, he's got a good group of people to choose from. I have a personal favorite, but I probably shouldn't shouldn't say that, should I? Oh, please. Oh, no, on. please do. <laughs> I, th I think Donald's would be an interesting uh, and I think uh, terrific choice. Uh, he is a smart, capable, I'll say young man, uh, who I think would be in perfect complement to the president. Uh, he, it, I just think there are a lot of good things about him. I know that he is, uh, in, in terms of Washington, uh, in, inexperienced. I'm, I think that that has become a strength <laughs> rather than a weakness. Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. So I would like to see him move, uh, be considered seriously. Yeah, I think it's funny. His name comes up a lot more often. He really has distinguished himself. He's such an extraordinarily clear speaker, and he's able to articulate uh, Trump values uh, very, very well. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, the drag that Joe Biden is creating for his party. It is absolutely unlike anything I've seen in my 36 years of covering elections. He clearly is uh, a drag, and you see people dropping out of congressional races because they don't think they can run on the Biden agenda. Does he make it uh, to Election Day or is he bounced out maybe at the Democratic convention? I wish I had that 
I wish I had that crystal ball. I, I, <laughs> I really do. Yeah. But what we're seeing here, what we're seeing here now is a commitment by Biden uh, that is, I think, shaken just a bit. Uh, when he referenced Hunter Biden, his son, obviously, uh, he said it makes him sad and it makes him angry. Uh, his uh, spokespeople saying that. Uh, I doubt very seriously. Uh, well, I, I, I shouldn't say it this way. I don't believe he will make it uh, all the way because I think he is. I think he is in some ways now in a period of realization at what he has done, uh, at what his son has done what his family has done, and he thinks he has to know that the American people are going to be looking at every piece of evidence, and already, in my judgment, the House Oversight and Judiciary and uh, Ways and Means Committees have already produced enough evidence, certainly for charges, yeah. and I think, frankly, enough that the American people forget the trials uh, in the Senate and everything, uh, the American people are going to see this man for who he is and for what he's done. And... Uh, uh, neither is, in my judgment, forgivable uh, at the polls. And I think the American people uh, feel that right now. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. <clears throat> Lou, you have a remarkable ability to take in all of the data from a lot of different sources and then assess accordingly and, and pretty often correctly. So I wanted to ask you, you know, we've seen all the polling data, President Trump with with record leads in the Iowa caucuses. But I mean, even the most leftist organizations, you know, the Harvard Caps polls, President Trump leading Joe Biden in five out of the six swing states. But there's still the election integrity factor that has a lot of folks on the Republican side of the aisle very concerned on a scale of one to ten. Is that still a big concern for you? It is a major concern for me. Uh, we have coming up uh, this month a very important uh, decision uh, in Georgia uh, by uh, federal judge Amy Totenberg, in which she will be making a decision on the reliability and the integrity of the uh, voting machines uh, and processes systems uh, in, in Georgia. Uh, and that decision that she makes could have great implications, I think, for uh, everyone, uh, every jurisdiction in the country. They'll have to look at what's going on. Uh, it's been an open question for a, too long. We've seen a, uh, you know, everyone wants to have confidence in the electoral system, but there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing that should ever prevent a, a questioning, a, a skeptical response to to any election. It, it preserves integrity itself. And what we have seen is a, ref, a reflex, and, and frankly, by both parties, strangely enough, at least in the establishment of the Republican Party, to want voters to feel good about the security of the election, not to question anything. Yet the, the agencies most responsible for the integrity of the elections have had to recast uh, their uh, early and way early statements that the election of 2020 was so perfect and it was so secure. We find out now that there are great vulnerabilities in many of the uh, machines uh, after the Halderman report, uh, after uh, cybersecurity and infrastructure, the agency responsible in DHS, 
for uh, election security and uh, its inte- and the integrity of elections, they had to recant and to withdraw their statements. Uh, they did it very quietly and uh, and late, a year and a half after that election. And the shame is that we still don't have transparency. What we do have are transparent uh, anomalies, irregularities, uh, and events that are still unexplained. We have statements by Attorney General William Barr for crying out loud about how he talked incessantly about the issues of mail-in ballots right. and mail-in yep. voting. And then over and over again, knowledge that 40% of the ballots cast for crying out loud were mail. That's right. That's right. And, and the sheer volume of people who admitted that they committed fraud in filling out those ballots. Lou, we are so appreciative of your time. Thank you for being here, sir. We're going to have you back on again very soon. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back, America, and Happy New Year. Listen, it's not only the election season that's upon us. In just a few short weeks, the Super Bowl of conservative politics will be kicking off. That's right. CPAC 2024 will be taking on. And ironically, it'll be the same weekend as the South Carolina primary. That is a lot of momentum and a lot of politics. And we're very lucky to be joined on this New Year's Day by Matt Slap. He's the chairman of CPAC and the ACU, and he joins us right now. Matt, great to have you with us. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, great to be with both of you again. Yeah. So uh, this is a remarkable primary season. I don't think in all the years I've covered politics, I've seen things line up the way they are. You've got a incumbent president with the lowest numbers in history. Uh, his own party doesn't even seem to want him anymore. And then you have a former president roaring to the lead in all the polls, in fact, over the incumbent and over all of his Repo- Republican primary challengers. What's the dynamic that set this in motion? Uh, you know, the fact that uh, I think the voters were jilted in 2020, John. Um, first of all, the national corrupt media covered for the fact that Joe Biden could even really perform as our president and that his policies would work and that somehow Trump policies had uh, brought in this chaos, as they always like to say. And uh, voters felt gypped by the outrageous way in which the 2020 election was run without following the normal course and the normal laws. And and then Trump did something unusual, John. Um, he did something politicians in America don't want to do. He wanted to give it another shot, and people kept saying, "Oh, he can't. He's, you know, too old. Older. It's too, you know, it's been done, and he needs to move on." He's talking about the past, and all those people who were complaining were wrong. Um, I think he's, I think he's younger in spirit than I am. He's got more energy than I do, that's for sure. And he's, <laughs> uh, and he's raring for this fight. And he's not just talking about the past, but of course we want to know. What, what's wrong about the past, but he's talking about what he'll do as president. And I just yeah. think it's a, 
he's a unique person. It's a unique time, but it's also a uniquely scary uh, place in our history. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Yep. Matt, we are just about two months away from CPAC. I am so excited. I've been coming to CPAC since, I think, 2016. And something I've noticed since the beginning of my uh, attendance at CPAC is that the group has gotten uh, much bigger, but also much more diverse. And we are seeing it pan out in the polling. Is it time for Republicans to finally embrace inner city crowds that go into the belly of the beast? And if President Trump is the nominee, should he start, should he start rallying there? Well, we had a little bit of trouble last year convincing red state Americans that it was safe to go back to your capital after everything that was happening around J6 and this weaponized DOJ. So that was a little bit of a convincing. I think uh, conservatives and just pro-America voters realized it's their capital, too. And by the way, these are their cities, too. We do CPACs all over the world. I just came back from Tokyo before that from Sydney, Australia, where we had CPACs. And Amazing. nobody has these big, broken, bankrupt, drug-ridden, crime-ridden cities like America does. This is a uniquely American problem. And what I was hearing, what I hear a lot on my uh, different communications platforms from activists all over the country is that there's a real shift going on in these cities. We saw this when Rudy Giuliani was elected mayor in New York City. Uh, we're seeing this in Washington, D.C., which is just disgusting. Chicago is disgusting. L.A., San Francisco. What you're seeing is, is people have to live in those communities and are tired of the war on cops, tired of the war on competent education and teachers, tired of all the woke. Um, they're starting to stand up. Now, I, I, I'm not so cocky as to predict we're going to have a turnaround in these cities, Amanda, but I do think it starts with this is our capital, too. We can't be afraid to go to it. We must own it. We must take to the streets. And we must make sure that there's some kind of sanity uh, brought back to how these cities are run. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's all people want. They want common sense. And it feels like it's been missing mm -hmm. for the last two and a half years. That's right. Uh, Matt, I want to talk a little bit about something. You, I want to pick up on something you picked up with Donald Trump, because uh, the parallels between Ronald Reagan in 19, uh, 1977, after he lost the 76, and people said he's too old, he's washed up. And he went back, he started to do the fireside chats and the radio addresses, and he went back to substance, and people uh, reconnected yeah. with him before 1980. And that's exactly what Donald Trump did, particularly after the 2022 election, the five-minute videos, solutions every couple of days, focusing yep. on the future, not on the past. Uh, the parallels are really there. It seems like people are tired of hearing fake promises. They want real policy solutions. Is this an election where substance is really going to matter? I mean, yeah, John, it's interesting you bring up the Reagan parallel because, you know, I can't, I couldn't have predicted how this race would go. It's gone very, very well for Donald Trump. And the number one reason it's gone very well for Donald Trump is because he knows why he's running and he can articulate it and he connects to people and he does it over and over and over again. And that's just execution. That's like a golfer going up to the tee box and hitting it yep. straight down the you know fairway 250 yards or, or a baseball player just hitting the fastball. He executed. Now, he could he could have failed to execute and maybe would have had a different race, but he didn't. He, that was his one thing he had to do with the voters. He had to show them that this wasn't just a grievance about last time. It wasn't just about the fact that he can hover over politics. It's that he's the leader we need. And I like what you're saying about, you know, he started putting out the videos, which are not overproduced, but well-produced. And you got to give his campaign team a lot of credit. Um, it's small, it's mighty, it's been sure-footed. They know him better. Um, they understand that he's the lead dog, but that they need they have a job as staff to make sure they fill in the gap. So I can't say enough about 
how good the ex- execution's been. But on the same token, Joe Biden's execution, it's 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 just terrible. Like, he yeah. doesn't know how to leave the stage. He doesn't know when the event is over. He doesn't know who he's talking to. He doesn't know he's be- when he's being handed a gift. Um, he doesn't know really anything. And, and look, this whole impeachment thing, he's used DOJ as his personal lawyer for his family. It's disgusting. It's unconstitutional. That alone, that alone should result in the impeachment of Joe Biden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sir, I wanted to ask you about the perceived schism between President Trump, MAGA Republicans, and the RNC, because for the last few years, yeah. a lot of Republicans have abandoned their positions of supporting the RNC, even to the degree yeah. that, that it's you know financial support. I know that the RNC has pledged $30 million, throwing that behind election integrity, and there may not even in actuality be daylight between the RNC and President Trump. But how do we bring those together, unify those two factions so that we can actually take back the White House? It's, re- it's really simple. You know, I was on the presidential campaigns in 2000 and 2004. The nominee basically owns and runs the RNC. So what the Trump campaign has to do this time is actually run the RNC. They didn't really do that in 2016. I don't know if they knew all the rules of the road, but then you just kind of come in and you put a honorary chair over everything and, and you run the show. And um, there's a role for the RNC chairman and there's a role for the victory chairman. Um, this has been done for all of modern politics. And uh, and if the Trump campaign does that again, we'll be fine. Look, the, the RNC has essentially become a bank. There are certain laws that we passed in this country to have a two-party system where there are some benefits uh, for the RNC to raise money for certain programs. And I don't see any reason why that won't continue. But what the RNC has seeded is leadership, political innovation, uh, experimentation on new and interesting tactics. The left has won on all of those things, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, all the, what they did with uh, paper ballots and everything else. Like they, they've out hustled us. They've out thought us. They've out fundraised us. And so the RNC is essentially this bank. And we just got to make sure the bank is functional uh, for this cycle. And then the big ideas and the tactics, they're going to have to come from nonprofits like CPAC and they're going to have to come from the Trump campaign. And I think with everything we've all been through over the last several years, a lot of us are itching to try some new ways to solve old problems instead of doing the same damn thing over and over again. If I hear one more person do an interview about how many doors they knocked on and how many fake phone calls were made by paid for operatives, I'm gonna barf. (laughs) Well, that's the great thing about CPAC. New ideas always come out of CPAC. We're just a few weeks away, folks. Be sure to sign up, make sure you're getting there. It's the Super Bowl of conservative politics. Matt, Mercedes, happy new year. We're so glad you joined us. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Liz Harrington right after these messages. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Welcome back, everybody. A happy 2024 to all of you. You know, during our New Year's Day show planning, John and I were talking about who we wanted to come on to kick off the new year and join us tonight. And while we both settled on the idea of not having any specific candidates whose name are going to appear on the ballot in 2024, not yet anyway, we certainly didn't want to write off any of those contenders, staff members, or maybe we didn't, I'm bending the rules. Anyway, no matter what. I know that we're going to learn a lot from our next guest because she has been in the fight with President Trump since day one. Liz Harrington is the national spokeswoman for our former president, and she knows his victory playbook, I think, almost better than anyone else. Liz, it's great to see you. Happy New Year. Welcome back. A happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you. Okay, Liz, we are hitting the ground running 14 days. We've got the Iowa caucus, President Trump with a historic lead in that state. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, President Trump, you know, just breezes through Iowa, heads on to New Hampshire and South Carolina. What is the game plan to make sure he has solidified support in at least those three first states? Well, absolutely, Amanda. The game plan has been really focused, really strategic, and really all hands on deck. President Trump has not taken anything for granted. He, he likes to say, act as if we're one point behind. We know historically we're way, way ahead. It's really, we've never seen anything like it, uh, but that doesn't matter. We're going out there, getting every single vote we can uh, because this country is really on the line. So as you've seen in the past few weeks, uh, we've had surrogates all over across the state of Iowa, uh, getting everybody out to caucus there, President Trump, has made so many stops to that great state and we're not going to stop. Uh, of course, he's going to be in New Hampshire and South Carolina as well and really just solidify this nomination. It's what the voters want. We'll see that once the voting gets underway. Uh, he has the support. It's because he's has the dedication to this country and this country really needs him to lead us back uh, to greatness, not just where we were under his historic first term, but better than ever before. Yeah. And I think that's what's been so distinctive about President Trump's run. Uh, while a lot of candidates have done the classic platitudes and the classic uh, uh, campaign uh, grips and grins, uh, President Trump has really focused on a, an incredibly detailed 47 agenda. It's very like, very much like mm -hmm. what Ronald Reagan did in 77 when he started doing the fireside chats and the radio addresses. And people are gravitating because they realize he's got a vision for the future. It's very optimistic. All you got to do is give me the flight stick. I do X, Y, and Z. How in important has the policy prescriptions been to distinguishing him from his other Republican rivals and certainly Joe Biden? Oh, it's been huge. And, and it's also huge because everyone knows that President Trump can actually implement it. I mean, he's the only person in politics who has actually done what he said he was going to do. He did that in his first term and now getting this country back to where it needs to be. I mean, we're losing it in so many different fronts. And so it's really important. That's why he's been laying out all these agenda items. You'll know exactly what he's going to do when he returns to the White House. And so those substantive videos he's been putting out again and again and again, uh, people see that, they hear that, and they hear the speeches, and they know what they're going to get. And they want America to be great again. Yeah. Liz, last month, um, throughout all of the, the legal stuff that President Trump is having to deal with, we've seen a number of these liberal prosecutors throwing what, what appears to be Hail Marys. Um, 
the success that they have in these cases against President Trump, is that their only recourse? Because, you know, we know that you go down the list of, of Make America Great Again versus Joe Biden's Build Back Better. And it could not be, you know, there couldn't be a starker difference between the two administrations. And, and Joe Biden is obviously pulling terribly in practically every category. So for President Trump, it seems like there's sentiment shifting more sympathy for President Trump. Are you seeing that? Well, as we know, we've seen it time and time again. Every time the deep state has tried to damage President Trump, it backfires big time because they never have the truth on their side. They always have smears and lies and leaks. Uh, they don't have anything of substance on their side. With, with the truth is what's so important. And the people know this isn't fair. This isn't right. This is wrong. And it's not just these sham phony indictments, which they're bringing against President Trump for stuff that the Democrats and members of the deep state have actually been guilty of. They're the ones who interfered in multiple presidential elections. They're the ones who interfered in the peaceful transfer of power with the Russiagate hoax. They spied on President Trump's transition team. Uh, they tried to derail his entire administration and take away the choice of the American people. And they're doing that again. They know they have no hope. They have no hope with President Trump on the ballot because he's the only one uh, who's going to hold them accountable and he's going to win by such huge margins. So they, they can't win fair and square at the ballot box. So they have to resort to these third world tactics that again, backfire so much with the American people because the American people don't want to live in the third world country. And if you're going to sit there and try to tell them who they can and can't vote for, who can even run, they want to remove him from the ballot, they're not going to take kindly to that. And so they're going to support him even more. We've seen that. And the support is so, so big because they know President Trump. They know what type of a leader he is. And they know he's the only one that's really going to get in there and drain the swamp once and for all. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. One of the things that is really remarkable about the Trump legacy thus far is that he's not only changed America and made Make America Great uh, a movement, uh, but he spurred other status quo smashing candidates around the uh, world, right? You got Malayle, you got Bolsonaro, uh, you got Victor Orban. It seems as though the rest of the world is also tired of globalism and all of the big government mm -hmm. uh, crackdowns and expenses that come with big government. Is this the decade where big government goes out of fashion in the world, starting with Donald Trump? Oh, absolutely. And you've kind of seen that since 2016. You had Brexit and then you had President Trump. This has really been a populist theme of uh, people around the world waking up and saying, hey, we can have better. We don't have to go along with the globalist status quo that's not just destroying the United States, but it's destroyed so many of once free countries. They're, they're, it's really so sad to see what's going on. And, and the more that they act out uh, and really try to illegitimately take power in all these different places, the more people are galvanized to say, this is not the way it should be. So absolutely, I think you see more people. And once you have the real thing, like you have in President Trump, and you will not go back. You will only demand people who are authentic, who have nothing to lose, who only want to serve their people. That's the difference. And people have, are so tired of this establishment all over the world that has sold out their countries. They want to put their countries first. And of course, Americans want to put America first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it.
Liz, I, I know that our, our audience is absolutely nodding their head at everything you say, and I'm so excited for you. And to follow up in the primary season, Super Tuesday, we are so excited for all of that, and we'll have you back on leading into those to get more of your take on it. We've got to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. Welcome back, America. And of course, Happy New Year. Thank you for spending a part of your holiday with us. It's so fun to kick off the new year with a big discussion on politics. This is one of the most consequential elections we're ever going to face. And our last guest tonight, he's right on the front lines of all of this history playing out in the election system. Drew McKissick is not just the South Carolina Republican Party chairman, where Republicans have had enormous success. He's now the co-chairman of the National GOP as well, and he joins us right now. Mr. Chairman, great to have you back on the show. Happy New Year. And happy new year to you, too. I hope you all had a great one. We, we do. Nice it's going to be a fun year. 2024 is going to be a year of enormous consequence. Uh, I want to start off with the primaries. We're right upon us now. We're just a couple of weeks away from the first ballots being cast. Uh, how confident do you feel in the system and how confident do you feel in the excitement of Republican voters to get out there and drive a big vote? I know Republicans are excited. And of course, you know, we've got a primary process uh, that will finish itself out as, uh, here in the spring uh, as we go forward and so that we can have a united party once we get to our convention. But you know, suffice it to say, Democrats are providing a lot of fuel, uh, keeping Republicans excited and energized about making a change. Uh, however, the primary process resolves itself. I think one thing that I can say confidently is you're going to have a united Republican Party we're looking forward to working together to make sure that we take back the White House, make sure that we win the Senate, make sure that we keep the House of Representatives so we can make changes, uh, not just to uh, correct some things that have got, uh, let's just politely say, off kilter here for the last couple of years uh, with the Biden administration, but also to make positive change in, in the direction of where we had been trying to go in the years previous and making real progress for a conservative agenda. That's what excites Republicans. Yeah, no doubt. Drew, as we look forward to these primaries, we've obviously got the Iowa caucus coming up. President Trump with a very commanding, I believe, historical lead, assuming, hypothetically speaking, President Trump does win the Iowa caucus. He goes on to New Hampshire, wins that. And then in South Carolina, Nikki Haley's own state wins that. Uh, what do you see happening as far as folks starting to drop out? Do you think that's the point at which other candidates start, start dropping out? 
I mean, I'll just say historically, uh, I was joking with uh, some other reporters last week, South Carolina has sort of been the graveyard of presidential campaigns, uh, primary <laughs> as over the years. The first primary that we had was in 1980. Uh, that's when Ronald Reagan beat Governor Connolly in Texas. Uh, South Carolina then proved to be not just the graveyard to Connolly's campaign, but the booster rocket to Ronald Reagan's campaign. And that's sort of the role that we serve and have in every election uh, primary process since 1980. No Republican has gone on to win the White House since 1980 without winning the South Carolina presidential primary. Uh, we've got the best track record in terms of being a predictor of both the nomination and winning the White House of any other state in the country. But we do have a process that has to play itself out. We've got Iowa, the caucus is there, the primary in New Hampshire, the caucus is in Nevada, the primary in South Carolina. Uh, and you've got, uh, I think, by the end of March, 70% of all of our delegates to the national convention will be elected. So the one thing that I can say uh, for certainty is this process is going to move a lot quicker than it did in 16. I think where we went mm. to basically May until, you know, we right. had a um, you know, mathematically, if you will, a presumptive nominee. Uh, this is going to move fast. And quite frankly, I think that's a good thing because then it speeds up the unification process to get the party together to do the work that we need to do in order to win. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. There's a lot more time to focus on the actual enemy, which will be Joe Biden, most likely in the in the fall election. You used the term earlier in the interview, and I think a lot of people's heads started now. When you think about the Biden years, you think of being off kilter. Everything just feels out of whack in America right now. It seems as though Joe Biden has an enormous drag on the entire party right now, not just his own numbers, but you see Democrats dropping out of the race who you thought were going to run for reelection in the House. Talk about the effect of that drag and also the, 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 the stick possibility that Maybe they get to the convention and say, we got to get this guy out of Dodge. I mean, look, it's hurting them all across the country. As you point out, you've had Democrats announce they're not running for re-election. They're looking ahead at the possibility of being on a national ticket with Joe Biden at the top of the ticket and how much of a drag that causes in Democrat turnout. Uh, you're also seeing national Democrats, you know, folks who had key roles in the Obama administration and others who've been the sort of you know, leading uh, political spin doctors for the left who are basically, you know, starting to wet the bed now a little bit in terms of uh, uh, their, their their view of things for the fall next year in terms of Biden's poll numbers and not just, you know, horse race numbers, but right. how he does with key demographic groups. And he's losing ground with Hispanic Americans, African Americans, Asian Americans. Uh, they're losing ground and in a bad position on key issues, whether it's the border, whether it's the economy. Uh, you know, foreign policy issues, all of these measures, these key measures of presidential success and future campaign success, uh, they, they've got a dumpster fire going on. And now you're starting to have a real, you know, I'd say question, uh, a non-zero chance that, you know, by the time they get to the national convention, somebody might decide, you know, hey, we need to try to kind of get Joe to decide not to run and let's try to anoint somebody else at our national convention. Um they have worked to squeeze key candidates out of their primary process. And I think that is due to a fact of, hey, if we need to try to make a change at the convention, it will give us greater control over the delegates if no other candidates have delegates pledged to them. You know, if the la a year ago, I would have said it was a, a 2 or 3% chance that something like that might happen at their national convention. Now I'd say maybe it's a 25 or 30% chance. Wow. Uh, you know, because it's, it's a problem for them. And yeah. by the way, add to that the issue of Israel and uh, Hamas. Yep. You saw the riots outside the Democratic National Convention uh, Committee headquarters about three weeks ago. 
that is the, the, the youth shock troops of the radical left, which are beginning to populate even at the congressional you know, junior staff level, part of the Democrat Party. And their convention is going to be in Chicago, same as it was in 1968, the same year they had a tremendous problem with the youth of their party. I don't think that it's a stretch to say you can look at potential riots happening with the Democrat National Convention in Chicago this year with major portions of the youth of their party. Yeah, hmm. Drew, we've just got about 30 seconds left. Do you think Joe uh, Barack, Freudian slip, do you think Barack Obama is going to get out there and, and stump for Joe Biden? You know, I expect he will. I mean, basically, it's the continuation of his legacy. His, this term has been an extenuation of, you know, his, uh, his terms as president. Uh, if Biden's a nominee, I think he will definitely stump for Biden. I think Hillary will, too. The question is, does he become the nominee? I think that remains to be seen. Yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. the big question we enter 2024 with. There's no doubt about it. Those polling numbers mm-hmm. are at historic lows. I've never seen anything like it. Drew, uh, you're doing so much. All the great work you're doing on uh, election integrity. we got to get into that the next time we have you on. But thank you so much for joining us today. And also, have a happy new year. I Good know job. it's going to be a busy one for you. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you all so much and happy new year to you, too. Thank you, sir. Great honor to have you on. God, it's hard to believe that the elections are just two weeks away. Get ready. Buckle your seatbelt, folks. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, actually, no, we're time to wrap things up today. It's been a great show. Thank you for spending our time with us. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now. 